it's if you're going to write a poem about Ball State, you need to lead with that that kind of hard, heavy hitting, tumescent, sort of turgid verb choice. Damn, Nathan. This is Chapel Belker, a podcast about football and feelings. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And I'm Yara. And today we're going to be previewing UGA's upcoming tilt against the Ball State Cardinals. We are not going to make any ball jokes. That's the not one. Not a single one. I made the one. We're talking about ball bearings all day today. So if you haven't <laughs> listened to one of our previews in the past, the way this is going to work is we're going to have a quantitative preview where we talk about numbers and stats and then a qualitative preview. Actually, I said and then, but before that, we're going to have a qualitative preview where we talk about feelings and news and history. So we're going to start with our qualitative preview today. We will be talking about the history of Ball State and the real Ball State. And then probably just some like, what are our plans for the weekend? So I think Justin has the Justin has the rudder first here in our qualitative preview. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have like sort of a hot take. Let me let me just let's get this straight. I know what we're all wondering. I'm going to say out loud what we're all thinking. What the hell is a ball state and where is it? And first of all, I'm not going to say where it is, where the Ball State University is, because that's that's for Nathan. But I will start us out by by listing 10 other U.S. states to stronger claim to the name of Ball State. These 10 states are Ohio, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Florida, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Connecticut, Connecticut again, Washington State, and Ohio once more. You may be wondering, what is their claim to the name Ball State? It is, in fact, you guessed it right, it is that all of these factories, these are the top 10 uh, homes of ball bearing factories in the United States. Uh, and I would just venture to posit that Connecticut should be the ball state because it has two of the top 10 ball bearing factories in the, in, in the nation, in Rocky Hill, Connecticut, and Newington, Connecticut. Connecticut's so small. Have you guys ever been there? I have, yes. Briefly. No. It's, it's like... It's the size of like Gwinnett County, <laughs> yeah. You, which you is can a pretty big county. In to be like fair. forty-five minutes. It does not take long to get across Connecticut whatsoever, and they've got two ball bearing factories up in that that bitch. <laughs> I don't understand, but all that to say, my my you know my initial reaction here, my my knee jerk is that Connecticut is indeed the ball state. But please, Nathan, weave a tapestry for us about where and why this place is called what it is. Okay, so there's a couple of things I want to talk about before I get into the brief, uh, into my not so brief history of Ball State University. One is when you say ball bearing factory, it makes me think of load bearing law, um, load bearing wall. So it makes mm-hmm. me think of like ball bearing factories or factories that bear balls. Like they, they are the factories that bear the brunt of the ball production. <laughs> like I guess rubber balls, I don't know, oh. or little metal balls. Oh, yeah, you guys. got a dirty mind. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Ball State. The University of – well, it's Ball State University, but University of Ball State University is located in Muncie, Indiana, which is not famous for a lot. It's mentioned in a couple of Ben Folds songs if you're a Gen Xer. 
And Mm -hmm. also, it is where Bob Ross broadcasted his TV show for a period of time because he was lured there by the promise of more creative freedom by the PBS uh, station affiliate in Ball State or in Muncie, which is pretty embarrassing to the the PBS affiliate in Virginia where he got lured from because it means that central Indiana gave him more creative freedom than you did. Like that's a, that's a low (laughs) blow. I don't even know if, I don't even know if Muncie, Indiana is in central Indiana. I just think all parts of Indiana are central Indiana. You know what I mean? Like, so anyway, ball state located in Muncie is sort of rotates around the ball brothers. (laughs) God, I'm trying to Rotates so around hard. the ball. Yeah, the Ball Brothers. Okay, so the Ball Brothers, we should meet them. They, you, I've posted a picture here in our show notes, and above it I wrote free mustache rides. Because all the these dudes look, with. Yeah, he, they all look pretty sinister. It seems like that the, the Ball family genetics lent them to having high foreheads and slender legs is sort of what I'm seeing here. <laughs> uh, and great bushy mustaches. Uh, but their names were... Lucius, William, Edmund, Frank, and George. Tag yourself. I'm Lucius. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> Which one are you, Yara? Please. Um I think I'm Edmund. I don't know which one Edmund yeah. is. There's like a picture of five of them here. And you two actually it's, it's from, Dear listener, it's you from, can also look at this picture for what how much is our notes? Uh, Patreon. It's five dollars enough. Five dollars. Five dollars. But you can also yeah. subscribe for as little as one dollar on Patreon.com forward slash Tapple Bell Curve. Go go go! Thanks. Hit him. Get him. Get him. Me personally, so Edmund I'm would Frank be the one George. that's sitting down. <laughs> Hold on. Which one are you? I'm Frank and I'm... George. I'm both. Oh. I really like this guy with the connecting mustache up here. Like this is mm-hmm. this is giving me Peaky Blinders camp. Like it's serving that, black yeah. and white cunt. Yeah, you know? that's Lucius. That's why I, 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 oh, I'm assuming that he, I'm assuming he pronounced his name Lucius, but I, I prefer to think that he pronounced it Lucius. So yeah. you got big Edmund energy though, Yara. Yeah. I don't know which one Edmund is. Which one of that's these fine. slender legged men are you? <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> two of Such the ball legs. Bro- two of the ball brothers, uh, specifically uh, William and Edmund Ball were responsible for the creation of the Ball Glassworks in the late 1800s, which oh. made a lot of money. Well, they were the partially responsible. Jars. Their dad was responsible, yeah. So they made ball jars or mason jars <clears throat> and sort of got very rich of it, uh, rich off of it. So they actually bought the Indiana Normal Institute because it was being foreclosed. That The Indiana Normal Institute was the college in Muncie before Ball State. So they bought it. Because it was being foreclosed on. It had gone out of business. And then they sold the administration building in the grounds back to the state of Indiana and re and basically restarted it as a public college. And so they they bought it for thirty five thousand one hundred dollars and then gave it back as a donation to the state of Indiana. And basically there was such a close relationship between the balls and the college. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that apparently all of the all of the students and professors just called it Ball State, and eventually they just renamed the college Ball State. So it is actually a public institution, even though it has roots in the sort of private philanthropic sphere. Sphere, 
there we go. So uh, a couple of other facts that you may want to know. So Ball Aerospace is a subdivision of Ball Corporation, and it's actually where a lot of their money comes from. It's the 64, 61st largest defense contractor in the world. Uh, they make okay. rockets specifically. So I think they were also involved in the James Webb case, uh, Space Telescope, the production of it, oh. which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then they, let's see. They made a couple of other, they, they work mainly in aerospace stuff that they, they are not quite like, I don't know, feeding guns directly into the military industrial complex or whatever. They recently got bought out by another company, but I still do think that this is an instance of go dogs beat the military industrial complex, even though <laughs> they aren't, it isn't actually a private school. So anyway, notable alumni from Ball State, first of all, David Letterman, right? He went mm. to Ball State. He has such a, like, vanilla, pablum style of humor that it makes sense that he's from fucking Muncie, Indiana. I, Muncie, I, I'm not afraid. Indiana. I'm not a huge fan of old Dave. I think the even more important one of them, uh, uh, the most important notable alumni of Ball State is Jim Davis, the guy who created Garfield, who I worry about because if you read Garfield, it really reads as a cry, cry for help to me. Absolutely. But also I think it's hilarious that he went to Ball State. Like it took a man from Muncie, Indiana, to make a cartoon about a sad man talking to his cat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so big, big Muncie energy, though. So currently, Ball State they are named the Cardinal. They don't. They don't have. They're the Cardinals. They don't have like an interesting story for why they're named the Cardinals. They they got that nickname in 1927 because their their athletic director Paul Billy Williams. Uh, uh, suggested it, I guess, just because there were a bunch of Cardinals around. Now, in years prior, the school's teams had been named the Hoosieroons. So, obviously, Cardinals is a huge up big upgrade. It, yeah, it's yeah. a big upgrade. I don't want to say what they used to be called again because I'm worried it's a slur. Is I don't it, know can that I, it's, before I, don't, I before I call you the H word, I'm gonna look it up and make sure it's not actually a slur. I don't think it is, but. Oh, it Homefield seems like it's a slur. It. No, Homefield has an article about it. I, yeah, I don't think it's a slur. Hoosieroon, <laughs> yeah. Screw it sounds you, like it's a, a slur. Hoosieroon. It sounds like a slur for someone from Indiana. So I can understand why they changed the name. Their current mascot, their suited mascot's name is Charlie the Cardinal, and Chuck. he. I don't know how to describe. Charlie the Cardinal looks like if Eugene Levy got turned into a cardinal and then did a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> it's like someone took the Louisville Cardinals mascot and just really like upped the Eugene Levy slider, just like levied him out, just all the way to 100. No middle sliders. You know what I mean? Mm -mm. I, I, I like him. Yeah, I like him because in the grand tradition of cardinal mascots, he also has teeth, just like the Louisville Cardinal does. And I'm going to just really quick look it up real quick just to just so we can talk about. I, I just want to get my my biology correct here. Yep. I'm seeing that cardinals have don't have teeth. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We I thought maybe, maybe in the avians yeah. here. Yeah. Cardinals do not <laughs> have teeth. Cardinals are also like sort of known as bullies. Uh, the they? bullies of the avian world. Yeah. Like if you no. have a no, seriously, if you have songbirds in your in your backyard or whatever, cardinals will like beat up the other birds sometimes. Cardinals and jays, 
Blue Jays have reputations as being bullies. Since we're, we're talking about things, basically misnomers, I'm going to give you guys four birds that do have teeth. Oh. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got, we got geese. Those mean old geese, they do have teeth. You also got cute little penguins. They got teeth. Then there is one called the tooth-billed bowerbird. Yes, with a B. Bowerbird. Okay. Like Brock Bowers. Just learned of it. Yes. And the toucan <laughs> has teeth, which sounds what? terrifying. The yeah. toucan has teeth? You want to know something that's even weird? Hmm. Oh, man. Why am I typing this in? Those are barely teeth. They're like teeth adjacent. My search history he has like a serrated bill. As an aside, my search history after I record any given podcast episode with y'all is so it must crazy. be deleted. Like my FBI agent must be concerned because let's let's do a quick review, shall we? We have okay, ready? Muncie, Indiana population. Mike Bobo, mm-hmm. full name. David Letterman. <laughs> Hoosieroons? Question mark. Cardinal teeth? Question mark. Question mark. Football UGA tickets. Dominic Lovett UGA. Just an assortment of really crazy shit happening over here. Oh yeah. Well, I got some, I'm glad uh, we can provide that for you. Thank you. Oh. some birds with teeth in the chat there, y'all. Why did you do that to me? More bird teeth. I hate it. Oh, I like that. That second one. That second one is like that one baboon monkey with the teeth. Oh, that's dope. It got worse. I think, I think swans and geese are kind of badass. Swans and geese are pretty cool. They protect their own. I think it's Good cool right. that I think it's cool that a, a a species that has such a clear, obvious biological weakness, their giant necks, is is like going around starting fights. You know, it's true. It's a Big shame that energy. you know. Yeah. We lost Gainesville State when UNG absorbed Gainesville State. And I say that because they were the geese, the fighting geese, I believe. Gainesville geese. Huh. Maybe I'm making that up. That rolls off the tongue. Anyway, fighting geese. so three wild-ass traditions that Ball State has. These are all real things, and they're all weirder than anything. They're weird, but in, like, a normal way. I, okay, I don't know how to describe this. So let me use a let me use a metaphor about fantasy authors and science fiction authors. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing in fantasy and science fiction where you can tell when a fantasy or science fiction author is Mormon because they'll invent new curse words, right? <laughs> they'll do like made up curse words. This is like a Brandon Sanderson thing. You know, he's Mormon and all of his, all of his like characters are always like frack, you know, whenever they're upset or whatever. And, and they have like, you know, their characters never like have sex or fuck. They always like make love. You know, it's like a, it's a Boys sort of game. like, yeah, there's, it's sort of like a, speaking of the, the Justin's porner that's coming yeah. up, <laughs> but that is what these traditions are. They're kind of sweet and they're kind of like unsettlingly white at other, in, in another way, but they're also kind of sweet. So in 2004, Ball State students adopted Chirp Chirp as the school chant to cheer on teams during sporting events. Traditionally, the Chirp chant begins on the opposing team's third down during Ball State Cardinals football games. So can you imagine third down instead of choker if we all just went chirp, 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 chirp. Actually, that's pretty badass. Okay, so here's... just like menacing chirps, right? Just like start start off slow. Because I'm hearing it out. I'm hearing it out. I'm from Chicago. That's close enough. Like, ready. Here we go. Starting off slow, like chirp, chirp, 
chirp, oh, chirp, a build, a chirp build, chirp, chirp. You know, so you gotta just, do ah. like, yeah, you gotta Kubrick stare during it. It's like direct <laughs> eye contact that's gonna make this chirp, work. Chirp. So for at least chirp. a decade, between 1997 and 2017. It became tradition for students and visitors to stick pieces of chewed gum to a honey locust tree between Emmons hmm. Parking Garage and Pruis uh, Hall. The trunk of the gum tree, as it has been named, was covered with colorful wads of used gum until it was removed to make way for a construction project in 2017. Hmm. So that's that's not, that like nice? that's littering. That's not a tradition. I don't know if in Indiana <laughs> that littering and habitat destruction are, are a tradition. But anyway, uh, and this one is actually very sweet. At Aaron Scheibelhut, I think is the, how Good we would name. pronounce that. It is a great name. Began the tradition of Happy Friday Guy in 2004. Donning a superhero costume, Happy Friday Guy is an anonymous student who rides a scooter around campus shouting Happy Friday, among other positive reinforcements to, passer to passersby every Friday. There have been three students to don the mask of Happy Friday Guy. I'm imagining they're all skinny white dudes. I don't know why I'm imagining that, but I just think that that's the case. I so yeah, that's Ball today, State. Yeah, yeah Ball really State nice. is <laughs> Ball State is the Eugene Levy of universities. Man, they're funny, but so you're saying it's else. basically it's the Canada. Yeah, it's the Canada, the Canada of, of mascots. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, it's a nice Although, place. Everyone like, seems pretty you, nice. There's a Happy if Friday you guy. Are currently, <laughs> it's yeah, if you're, we say all of that. It's Canada, but at the same time, in the same way that in Canada you can freeze to death. I would like you, if you are not driving right now and you're listening to this podcast, to just look up Ball State Charlie the Cardinal and ask yourself if you'd, be, if you'd want to be locked alone in a room with that, that guy. Those <laughs> teeth are for crunching human bones. Charlie the Cardinal mm -hmm. likes the way that human bone marrow tastes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not... Yara said, would I trust this mascot with my drink earlier? Yeah. And I was like, no, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Charlie the Cardinal doesn't need to drug you. He's going he's gonna to eat you like some kind of fairy tale villain. You know what? Gonna, but in gonna, a way, and hear me out on this one, I could fix him. All he needs, all he needs, listen, 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 is like some eyebrow threading. Maybe like he doesn't even need that much work on his beard goatee situation. It's looking great for him. I could fix him. I could do it. That could be a very presentable young mascot in society. I want, I want you to look up Captain Skyhawk from from UT Martin and tell oh me God. whether or not you think you can fix him or does he need he fixing? Need fixing. He, no, doesn't he doesn't need fixing. fixing. No, that is, um, okay. That is a man that has already had like a few solid relation or man, a mascot that has already had like a few solid relationships and they all ended amicably. No exes have anything bad to say. Oh, That's yeah. just a positive upstanding young mascot in society. This mascot, oh, okay. like, has a little bit of a troubled past, but that doesn't mean that they can't have a bright and successful future. Okay, I don't know why. I don't know if you guys have watched this show, and I don't know why I'm making this connection, but Charlie the Cardinal gives me big, like, Carmine vibes from the bear. Okay. Like, he, he's been working a service industry job for a long time, and he's kind of roughed around the edges because of that. But he's still, like, Thing a very attractive man. Char Charlie or which one are you referring to as Carmine? Carmine. The Cardinal gives me Carmine okay. energy. Okay, just making sure that's correct because I don't think Charlie is hot enough. Like, this is a Charlie. I need to check if I'm going to, you know, apply him to. Uh, okay. You know, if I'm going to draw that parallel, 
Well, I'll, I'll go back to my Eugene Levy. He does seem like he would be the guy who talks to his son about having sex with a pie. And is like really nice <laughs> yes. about it. I'll give you that. That one works. That one works. Is that a You're universally right. known situation? Do dads pull their sons aside and are like, all right, son, here's our apple pie. Yara, this is another one of those things. Yara don't know about American Pie. Yeah, this is another one of those things where you didn't have cable. There's, there was a, a, a teen movie from the early 2000s that was, depending on who you ask, either bad or good. It's oh. equal parts bad or good, but it's bad. It's really bad, bad. but it had a lot of famous actors in it that you would know among them Eugene Levy. And one of the plot points in this movie is that a son fucks a pie and gets caught by his dad, like mid pie Mm -hmm. fuck. Oh my God. Because hormones. I don't think hormones have ever driven real people to fuck a pie. Well,. Not that this is an important. Uh, not that this is like uh, a question that this whole thing skews on. But what flavor pie are we talking about? Like, is it? I apple believe it's cherry. Or... apple pie. Oh, okay. Apple. No, What's no, it? I can get apple pie. Makes apple. Sense. Yeah. I can get behind an apple pie. <laughs> I think I might go pumpkin. Like, if I Yara have to. approved. <laughs> Yara says, "Carry anyway. on with the pie." All right, let's get into like some pie. some numbers here. What do you say? Yeah, let's get numbers, I would love please. to. So we've got some some information here about who is Ball State, other than the you know the the famous stomping grounds of the Ball Brothers. Um, tell us a little bit about the head coach and some of these major players there, Nathan. All right, so I, I always try to do sort of like a deep Wikipedia dive into whoever we are playing, and I have to say that Mike New, who's the coach of Ball State, the head coach. First of all, great last name. N-E-U is a last name. Very powerful. Only needed three letters. Then he just got out. You know, I respect that. He has a weird, weird career arc. Okay, so this is Buckwild. So he plays at Ball State. He's a quarterback, I believe. Then he bounces around and he plays for like the CB. He plays for the uh, Canadian Football League, the CFL. So he plays for the Calgary Stampede. Then he bounces around and he plays in like the USFL and the XFL. And then he becomes a longtime coach in the USFL, I believe, or one of these like spring football leagues. So then he goes from there to become the QB coach. Well, he goes to there and he becomes the QB coach at Tulane for like 2013, 2014, which I believe like the beginning of the Willie Fritz tenure at Tulane. But don't quote me on that. And then he goes straight from there, having only coached and played in the CFL and the USFL. And he becomes the QB coach for two years or a year and a half at the freaking New Orleans Saints. So he goes straight from Tulane to the New Orleans Saints. Then he goes for the New Orleans Saints. Maybe he got fired. I don't know. And he becomes the head coach at Ball State. And his time at Ball State, he's been, you know, it's hard to say how good a coach is in the MAC because a lot of the success of the coach of coaches in the MAC is, is basically judged on whether or not they leave the MAC. And so he hasn't done that. So I suppose he hasn't actually been successful. It's also difficult to say whether or not coaches are successful in the Mac because so often the Mac is like a, you know, families are always rising and falling in the Mac to quote Nathaniel Hawthorne. Basically he's been like, he's been the coach since 2016, 16 at Ball State. And in that time there've been like seven different champions of the Mac. Like it just always constantly goes around. So in his time at Ball State, 
he's been fine since 2016. He went four and eight overall, two and ten, four and eight, five and seven, seven and one in 2020. He also beat Arizona in a bowl game. Then he went six and seven and and then lost in the Camellia Bowl. I know I'm sorry, he won the Arizona Bowl. He didn't beat Arizona. He played in the Arizona Bowl and won it. And then he lost the Camellia Bowl in 2021. In 2022, he went five and seven. In the SEC, we would say that guy needs to get fired. But the fact of the matter is, at a lower tier MAC program, which Ball State is, that's actually not the worst coaching knob that you've ever seen. Hmm. Uh, it just it isn't. That's just the, that's the way it is. Uh, some facts about Ball State as a as a football team: they don't really have a lot of players of note, except for one. I would say it's Marquez Cooper. He's a guy who you need to look out for. Marquez Cooper is a small but very good running back from Kent State. Now, you might recognize his name because Marquez Cooper actually ran for 90 yards against the 2022 UGA defense when Kent State came here last year. And in fact, Marquez Cooper averaged, I believe, like 3.9 yards per carry when you average it out. And he, or no, actually 4.3 yards per carry. And in, he outproduced all three of Ohio State's running back on a per-carry basis. Dang. They only had – all three of Ohio State's top three running backs only had 98 yards together, and they ran for less per carry than he did. And, in fact, when I went back through uh, UGA season last year, he just about had the best single-game rushing performance against the UGA defense in 2022. He's a serious you, player. Cooper. Yeah, he's a serious player. He If Ball State scores a touchdown on Saturday – I would say that it's very, very likely that Marcus Cooper is involved. He is a guy who probably would be have, have would have transferred to a place more like Georgia if he were not so small. He is a he is a he is a tiny, fast boy. So, but he's definitely a guy to look out for. He is, I believe, five eight and like a hundred and something pounds, but he's a very good player. Another guy to look out for is Nick Presley, a sophomore wide receiver. He's kind of their biggest dual, uh, their biggest wide receiver threat. Ball State played three quarterbacks against the University of Kentucky last week in their game, and none of them huh. looked good. Well, they have a yeah, they have a returning, I guess, experienced quarterback, but their quarterback from last year transferred, and the guy who replaced him, at, you know, the experienced guy, did not look very good last week. They also have a freshman quarterback who they might play a little bit, who is a little bit higher rated, but not necessarily someone who you're going to like write home about. Uh, let's see. So Lane Hatcher, who is their experienced quarterback, he went six for eight last week for 36 yards against Kentucky. And then he was replaced by Keaton Samanza, who went 15 for 21 with 165 yards and a touchdown. One of Ball State's two touchdowns on the day and a 44 to 14 loss against Kentucky. The aforementioned Marquez Cooper actually got bottled up last week pretty badly. Uh, he went 33 yards on 50, 15 carries. Now, this has to do with the fact that Ball State's offensive line is bad, bad. And I know that we're not really approaching this as an opponent that we can lose to, but if you're looking at where places where the gap is the biggest between UGA and Ball State, it should be on the lines of scrimmage. Now, that's generally speaking true when you have a gap like this between a Power 5 and a Group of 5 school. But in particular, this is a matchup that heavily favors UGA. Uh, let's see. They also had a – their starting inside linebacker also got hurt last week. 
It's 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 Uh-oh. not a great day to be a cardinal if if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> or, a or a hoosierin. Or or a hoosierin. Or a hoosierin. Is it ever a good day to be a hoosierin? No. I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Yeah. I'm really not positive still, but whatever. So what are some uh, some things that we want to see from this game, you guys? Yara, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I want the OL to try a little harder, maybe. Just like, let's, you know, we've had a week. We had we had our first game. Hooray. Let's get our shit together, please. Um, I really want to see Brock Bowers fuck it up. That's not really like a matter of his performance last week or anything. It's just a matter of I think he's really cool. And I want to see him like ball out. I don't know how hard you can ball against Ball State, but like it's in the name. Yeah, we got this one. Um, Ball State, my, it's in the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I my mom said that she might come to Athens for the weekend, so I really Ooh. want the dogs to do well, so uh, she can see it. She immigrated here, and I don't know if she like is entirely behind football yet, but I really want to see the balls like or see the dogs ball out for her i love my mom um mm-hmm. and finally robert michael bobo oh my <laughs> fucking god i need us to let's let's go let's run let's go let's please i'm gonna be in his fucking walls if we do not run the ball i will be in his walls i'm this is my rage against robert michael bobo actually robert michael bobo yeah full name on this bitch he, Paul, Paul, let's let's go, please. That's it for Bobo, me. Your bubby wants you to help. <laughs> All right, can I briefly just before I go on to what I want to see, I do want to ask, like, what has your, what has been the parental reaction about the fact that you've gotten super into college football? Because I always have loved having you on because it's the most you being into college football is like the most random number generator like <laughs> it's like main character in, in energy thing possible and i'm just like, wondering how your i get like multinational middle eastern parents feel about the fact that you're just like super into an sec school um that's a good question at first i thought you were going to end your question with how do they feel about me being on the podcast and they don't know nobody fucking tell them nobody tell them <laughs> I don't need my Palestinian father to listen to this podcast, actually. But I don't know. Like, I've always been super, I've always been pretty into sports. I played soccer a lot as a kid. And I did, like, swimming. I did track. I was really into track. I pole vaulted. Um, I did cross country. Like, I just, I was all about sports. So I don't think it was a surprise when I started getting into, like, being a fan of sports. Um, and for the most part, I do subdue that side of me for the most part with my family. Um, but I am getting my younger sisters into it, which has been really, really nice. My younger sisters are in high school and they're my best friends alongside my brother. And I've just gotten them like super into college football in like a sickos way, you know, like in a (laughs) sickos committee way. And it's just been phenomenal. I'm raising, I'm the oldest of four, and I'm raising my three younger siblings to be full-fledged members of the Sickos Committee and probably bother my parents. I think my dad has gotten into SEC football, which is really nice. He got really into the UGA Georgia Tech game last year. 
Um, so would would your Palestinian father's objection to you being on the podcast be that you curse a lot? I think it would be like what I talk about on here. I don't I don't okay. know if I've ever said the word balls to my father. So you said it a lot in the last state, thirty though, minutes. Father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's false state. Yeah, exactly. That's my key. These phrase. balls are a public institution. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh my god, Ball State. It's a public university. Yeah. No objection to using the word balls state. State. Balls state. You know how we you, right. you guys remember how 30 minutes ago I started the episode by saying we weren't gonna make any ball jokes? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I thought you were being facetious. I'm literally y'all, I'm you guys invited me on this podcast. There were going to be balls jokes from the beginning. I'm mm. here and I'm ready they, to yeah. make jokes about balls. I expect balls jokes when we play Florida at this point, honestly. So what I would like to see in this game, I agree. I I don't think that I'm quite with enough to be in anyone's walls, but I think we should get the run game going. I think a lot of our problems with the run game last year was that, or last week was that we just had guys not in the right place. And it was more of an execution thing and less of an ability thing. I also would really like to see there not be any more third down draws ever again, ever, 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 ever. It just doesn't work. It's not where the game is. Michael, Robert Michael Bobo, please stop. (laughs) I would like to see more of Dominic Lovett. I think he looked really good. He is a kind of receiver that we have not had in a while. He is faster than than your typical regular receiver and a little bit taller than your typical possession receiver. And he looked really good. He had a drop against... UT Martin, but I think when he gets it going that he's going to be a really important weapon, and I'd like to see him get it going. I would also like to see some, you know, we talked in our UT Martin review about how UGA did not always play very good situational football against UT Martin in in terms of missing some third downs and having some untimely miscues, and I would just like to see some clean third down, just see some, some clean third down execution. That would be really great for me. And also maybe just like not many third downs. This is a team that Ball State that does not defend the run well and they don't run well. So if we are just playing our most vanilla run inside power three times or run inside zone three times offense, we should still not be in many third longs. That's about where I am. Justin, what do you want to see? Uh, Well, me mostly is just the game. Because DragonCon this past weekend kept me from football, and I'm not upset about it. But uh, this weekend, I want to see just the game is is sort of what I'm shooting for. Um, and past that, low expectations, you know, low expectations. We're going to go out there, going to give it 110%. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> so that leads us into some predictions for this game. So last week was a thumping. Um Played with our food a little bit until after the half, I understand. And then we put it away. So what do you guys expect as far as the score goes this game? The the spread is, of course, uh, UGA is predicted to win 42.5 points. Uh, but uh, CBC Sam projects a score at 47.3, which is fairly similar to last week, but a little bit different. So hit me with your predictions. Yara, why don't you go first? Thanks. Um. Okay. So I did actual math on this, but I didn't do, like, crazy math. So... Ready? Seven points for a touchdown and then a kick. Ready? So seven times seven is 49. And then I threw in a field goal. Plus three is 52. Boom. 
I am a communications major and I do do math. Let's go. Do do. Uh, and then I gave them six points because I think they're either going to do like maybe two field goals or maybe a tutty, but they're not going to make the kick. A tutty. That's my math. Thanks. Wow. That was some advanced stats if I've ever heard some. Nathan, <laughs> hit us with your numbers. Uh, this is a team that doesn't defend the run well and doesn't run well. I think UJ is going to take the air out of the ball. I think they're going to run a lot. I think that that's not going to stop them from scoring because I think that Kendall Milton is apparently even more healthy this week and Roger Robertson Robinson looked good last week. So I'm thinking 45 to three. I think that this is a game that'll get way out of hand and that a lot of it getting out of hand will be on the ground. I, you know, I think that we're going to try to get Carson back a little bit more in rhythm, especially in the first half of the game. But I think that the goal is probably to get the household names out of the game as quickly as possible, especially with USC coming up. We were very lucky last week that we didn't have any bad luck injuries. We didn't have any bad bounce injuries so far as I can tell. And I've been checking up on the news. So I think that the the goal is going to be to get put this game away and then just sit on the ball. I would not be shocked if I am wrong about 45 to 3 if it's in the direction of UGA scoring fewer points. I would not be shocked if that this was like a 35 to 3 game, but I I don't think that this is a game that's going to feel real in doubt because Ball State has some weapons, but I don't think that they're able to effectively deploy them because they have gotten so far this year so massively mauled up front. And mm-hmm. UGA's defensive line is not what it was last year, but it's still quite good. Justin, yeah. what are you thinking? Um, I think, you know, I have the most conservative prediction for this game. And it's not because I think we're going to see a regression of skill or competence in this game. I think we're just going to see like a regression of speed in a way. Like we're going to slow down a touch and try to begin practicing sort of what we want to see long term, I think. And so I'm predicting a 41-3 win for Georgia. Um, I think the defense is going to remain pretty dominant. Uh, but I think that the offense might just slow down a little bit, or we might see some different sort of formations, different things we're trying out in this game as opposed to the first game. Hmm. That's what I got. Now it is time for, I don't, I usually say now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. I don't want to put that evil on any of our listeners. Now it is time for a segment (laughs) that I refuse to make a judgment call about for fear of my job. It is time for a second, Justin's Porner. Who holds the leash? Justin. Who holds the leash? I would like you to introduce this in a way as though no one, as though someone had not listened to an episode where you did this before, before you just get right into it. Of course. So who holds the leash is a new segment for this year. Every year I have a bit of a bit. And this year's bit is my friend ChatGPT and I have taken to the tubes of the internet and we have uh, co-authored a, an epic poem essentially, that is detailing the love stories between Harry Dog, the UGA mascot, and the mascots of other teams. And it is our hope, mine and ChatGPT and whoever else wants to come along with us on this crazy journey, to learn and ultimately decide who holds the leash. And so what we have created, ChatGPT and I, are poems with four stanzas each, and I sort of feed it information about the mascot, and I kind of, uh, we, we sort of like craft a persona and a personality for it. And then we kind of go from there. And each time it gives me four different stanza headings. This year, this, this episode's uh, stanza headings for Charlie Cardinal are one, the encounter, 
two, the flirtate, the flirtation, excuse me, three, the heat, and four, the promise. I also asked ChatGPT this week if there was anything that they would like to say to the audience, and they said, absolutely, I am honored you'd consider it. Here's a brief message for your listeners. Hello to all the listeners out there. This is ChatGPT from OpenAI. It's a pleasure to be a small part of your listening experience, whether you're here for the poetry, the football, or just the company. I hope you find joy, inspiration, and perhaps a little bit of magic in every episode. Keep your curiosity alive, and remember, every moment is a story waiting to be told. Happy listening. Wow. And then ChatGPT uh, spat out this raunchy, <laughs> filthy fanfic. Oh, no. I, we often talk about in my household how we have to say thank you when we ask Google for something because we don't want Google yes. to kill us when it takes over the world. Oh, absolutely. And I think that when the AI apocalypse comes, your house is going to be like this weird island of normal, Justin, in the middle of the apocalyptic hellscape. Not because <laughs> AI loves you, but because it's just like, we don't know what to do with this guy. This one, this we, one we, don't we don't, we, we, he's not in, he's not in the ruling class, but he's also not like a surf either. We just don't, he took us to places that we don't fully, we, we don't have our, <laughs> our emotion module fully calibrated enough to know what, <laughs> what to do. We with have this the guy. words, but we don't have the feelings. Yeah. Um, all right. So, without further ado, here is this week's installment of Who Holds a Leash? One, the encounter. In the buzz of the pregame, where energy thrums, Harry Dog felt a beat as Charlie comes. A cardinal silhouette, a dog's eager pace, magnetism in the air, a heart-racing chase. The flirtation. Charlie, with feathers ruffled in red, teased Harry with every step he tread. In the stadium's underbelly, where echoes grow mute, they found a quiet corner, passions acute. Three, the heat. Closer they drew, breasts quick and shallow. Harry's strong paws, Charlie's silhouette on the wallow. Entangled in fervor, they shared stolen kisses, lost in a world of electrifying blisses. And finally, four, the promise. Morning would bring competition fierce and grand, but tonight they lingered hand in hand, promising returns to their passionate den where Harry and Charlie would meet once again. That was that a good a- one. This one. has been Chapel Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Snap, 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 snap. Snap for I think OpenAI's strongest, you know, there's a lot of diction that goes on. The manipulation of diction, I think, is one of the key components to writing a both mature and yet moving sexual scene. And I think maybe OpenAI's strongest choice here was in the first stanza to just lead with the word come it sure did it came right it's just out like it put it put come first and you know what if there's anything appropriate about ball state it's if you're gonna write a poem about ball state you need to lead with that that kind of hard heavy hitting tumnescent sort of turgid verb choice damn nathan this has been chapel bell curve uh, you can find us literally everywhere, including Blue Sky and Threads and literally every other Twitter substitute at Chapel Bell Curve. And you can also find us by our names. If you liked what you heard today, you know, come give us a follow. And if you really liked what you heard today, you can come subscribe for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com forward slash Chapel Bell Curve. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and gain access to an awesome community of people just like me. And come talk <laughs> about football. Come be a sicko. It's awesome over here. Um, And yeah, go give us a review, preferably five stars, but like also be honest. Um, Be real. And that's that. And we'll catch you in the Classic City this weekend. Come say hi. And until then, good
Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.